Welcome to Synergy, the podcast. This is your host, Andrea John Baptiste. Today, we'll catch up with music business experts and leaders. Listen and grow your music business knowledge here on Synergy, where music, business, and culture synchronize. Today, we are lawyering it up on Synergy as we speak with attorneys, Rishma Eckert and Michael Santucci. Rishma is an attorney and community activist. She is a partner at Cardoza Eckert and Sanchez, a Florida-based business law firm that represents international companies and entrepreneurs. She uses her knowledge and experience gained by living in four countries towards her practice. She focuses on the practice of international corporate structuring and incorporations, contract negotiations and drafting, and trademark and copyright registration. She also prides herself on being involved in the community. Like I said, she is a community activist and Rishma can get some things activated. She currently sits on the board of directors for the Belize American Chamber of Commerce as their legal consultant, and she is licensed to practice in all Florida state courts as well as federal court in the Southern District of Florida. Welcome, Rishma. Hi, Andrea. How are you? Thank you for having me. It is our pleasure. And also with us today, we have attorney and philanthropist Michael Santucci of Santucci Priori. Michael is a well-established attorney whose focus is on litigation, licensing, and prosecution of intellectual property. He works on cases and issues involving trademarks, copyrights, trade secrets, patents, the arts and entertainment, celebrity name rights, and the rights of publicity, computer, and e-commerce, business, corporate, and other commercial matters, as well as federal and state appeals. He also directly handles and supervises all of the copyright and trademark applications, applications, renewals, and maintenance filings, and trademark trial and appeal board litigation for the firm Santucci Priori. I told you he was well-established. He has also been Larry Burr's intellectual uh, property attorney for over a decade and has been involved in cases involving J-Lo, yes, the one and only Jennifer Lopez, my roundaway girl from the Bronx, Disney, Gloria, and Emilio Estefan, 50 Cent, right, because you can't call him 50, it's 50, 50 Cent, Timbaland, and Reggae's own royal family, the Marleys. Welcome, 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 Michael. Thank you for the generous introduction, but I'm way more interested in what are the four countries that Rishma Eckert lived in. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what, Mike? Thank you for joining us, and I appreciate that, but I think you just stole my random question. But that's okay. Rishma, tell us, that's, where that's have a, you lived before? Yes, that's a great random question. So a little bit of my, my background. I was born in Guyana in South America. From Guyana, my family moved to Barbados. From Barbados, we moved to Belize. And then the fourth country is the U.S., where I moved here to go to college and law school, et cetera. So those are my four countries, Michael. All right. Wow. Born, in, born in the country with the spiciest food on the planet. Yes. Well, you know, <laughs> Caribbean people, we love our spicy food for yeah. sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. Wow. 
We are off to a fantastic start today with our attorneys as we are lawyering it up on Synergy with Rishma Eckert, the global girl, and Mr. Michael Santucci, who is our celebrity attorney. So, Rishma, tell us a little bit about your experiences. You told us about your global experiences and we introduced you, but tell us about your experiences with um, music and the law. Um, a little bit about our experiences with music and law is that our firm represents, um, on, the, on the flip side of Michael, some of the companies who are promoters, um, and they are the ones who host various artists. And I also represent companies who seek artists via endorsement agreements and whatnot. So we are on sort of the flip side of what Michael does in that we represent the companies who work with these artists. Oh, wow. This is interesting. So have I uh, set up a debate today, ladies and gentlemen of Atlanta and those may be listening online? We've got attorneys, it sounds like, who maybe work on opposite sides. Woo! Synergy. Music, business, culture, synchronizing. We're doing it. Michael, tell us about your experiences with music and the law. Well, it started with having a dad in the music business in the 70s in New York City while um, many new forms of music were just uh, exploding and growing up. My dad worked in New York City in the business during the the birth of punk rock, during the birth of hip-hop, during the birth of disco, and it was a great time to be in New York City, and I was a kid, and I was in awe of everything he did and the people that he was around, uh, and I said, I don't have to study anymore. I'm going to be a rock star. My dad said, like <laughs> hell you are, you're going to college. So I got as close to it as I could. I, I do intellectual property law um, with uh, a large part of what we do. About 30% of what we do is in, involved in the music business, so um, I got as close to it I, as I can. We also represent the company side side of it, but we also do represent artists, and um, yeah, we might be on the other sides of a lawsuit sometime, uh, maybe with um, uh, Ms. Eckert's turn, uh, but also it's an opportunity to maybe take one of the artists we represent and introduce them to a law firm like hers that represents clients uh, that might be looking for artists, like a record label or a, a promoter to get one of our artists on a tour. Uh, so right. there's opportunity everywhere, even if someone starts as an adversary. And I've got a few stories about that if you have time. To, so. Wow. Well, yeah. that, again, full circle, synergy, making mm-hmm. two mm-hmm. here today. This mm-hmm. is amazing. So you know what? Let's, 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 let's talk a little bit about that. Let's talk about some of the things that, you know, artists, promoters, anyone really in business, but particularly in the music business, um, should be aware of. So let's talk, first of all, let's talk about intellectual property. And so, Rishma, from the folks that you typically um, work with, you know, the promoters and so on, what are some areas of intellectual property rights or information that you think is um, important for them to be aware of? Okay, so when we're talking about intellectual property, most people think of property as you have your house and you have your car, but intellectual property is what you have in your mind. It is something that you have created. There are four different types of intellectual property. The ones that are more um, appropriate for what we're speaking about are trademarks and copyrights. Trademarks 
are, um, they protect your brand. That's what your name is, how you, uh, your fashion, your mark that you're dressed with. It can be your words. It can be a design. Sometimes it can even be a sound that you can trademark. Then we have copyrights. Copyrights are your original works that you've created, your, your song, your um, screenplay, your just something that you've written and your work that you've created. So those are the two that are most used in the music industry. Awesome. And so thank, thank you for those uh, definitions and descriptions. Mike, you know, as you talk with and you're working with a lot of the artists and so they have the items in their minds and they've created maybe the song, the beat, the drop, and so on, how do you help artists to protect their intellectual property? Great question. One of the first things I'll tell artists or a new record label or a new publishing company that we're starting um, would be to protect your artist name, uh, your stage name, and on the business side, protect your business name. Uh, you do that um, by using the trademark in commerce in some countries. And in other countries, you have to register to get any sort of protection. Uh, so, um, you know, we could start with the United States uh, trademark application for United States trademark registration. From that, we can spin it off into an international application and cover many countries. Um, and especially for artists or management companies that are repping artists, you want to have your artist's brand, their identity, their stage name protected. Um, and you want to do a search before you really pick that stage name because you don't want to have, you know, two similarly named artists that are in the same genre of music. It can cause a world of consumer confusion. And uh, ultimately, somebody might wind up having to change their name uh, if so, there's litigation. So. so, Mike, are you telling us that we shouldn't have to, any more Bantons? I mean, there is, and I'm not going to name them because these are real artists, So, but there's a right. Banton this and a bigger Banton and a Lisa Banton and a big Banton and a giant Banton. So, artists, if you're listening and you're looking for a stage name, let's not choose Banton. Um, exactly, exactly. Yes, we have. And um, I would also like to add, Andrea, that it's very important yeah, to register either your trademark or your copyright because, if you have to go to court, that's a way for you to prove that you were the first person to use that name. So you're the first Banton. You're the first, you know, little whatever. You're the first one to use uh -huh. that name. So when you go to court, you can prove that, look, I trademarked this in, you know, 2000, the year 2000 before this other person started using that name. So it's a way to prove mm -hmm. to the court that you were the one who's entitled to that protection. It also gives you, uh, for the United States, it gives you a presumption of nationwide ownership that you own the, the trademark in the whole country. Because the old, you know, the common law way to establish trademark rights is geographic. You may only be known in the Southeast, and that's the only place you'll have trademark rights. Um, in, in today's global world, you have to get that. You really have to get that federal trademark application filed so you can get cover all of the United States. And again, as I was saying before, from there you could spin it off into international applications based on your U.S. application. That's what I tell our domestic clients, at least. 
Awesome, awesome. And so you are saying that any artist anywhere needs to, uh, based on their own, um, their country, because we certainly have listeners that are listening online from across the globe, that they should really follow their country's laws to ensure that their brand, their stage name, their company name are protected through those copyrights or trademark laws. Right. Yes. And right. one thing we, we didn't touch upon, but I'm sure one of us will mention it, is uh, registering copyrights as well. And it's yes. very important. I tell our clients, register, apply for copyright registrations in the U.S. Um, at the time that or right before you're about to publicly release uh, a track. Um, you might have, you know, people ask, should I do my first draft or my, my rough cuts? Not, not unless you're going to widely distribute them. Anything you're going to widely distribute, get an application filed immediately or right before. And the reason being, if, you know, when we go to federal court to sue for copyright infringement for somebody sampling our client's song um, or for someone who claims to be a co-writer of the song and never got credit or never got any royalties, you have to have that registered before they start stealing or copying your music. Otherwise, you're limited in the damages and types of remedies that you can recover in federal court. But if you have it registered before they steal it, um, you have a whole list of remedies available to you, including something called statutory damages uh, and an award of attorney's fees. The infringer could be ordered to pay your attorney's fees for having to sue them. So that's a nice little treat, but only if you have your, re your work registered first. So, and what I like wow. to do, especially with new artists, we like to, we'll do like one or two copyright applications for them, but then I like to teach them how to do it themselves. Um, because if somebody's a prolific writer and they're writing 15 songs a year, you don't want to have to be going to a lawyer for every copyright application. You want to, it's easy enough. The instructions are clear enough that you could do it yourself with a little bit of professional guidance. Wow. That, th thank you for saying that, because that was one of my questions, Mike, is do you need, you know, an attorney? And so w what I'm hearing is that, you know, at least have an attorney help you to get it started and do it the right way. And then a generous and um, wise attorney like yourself and Rishma would certainly teach you how to be able to do that. Rishma, I wanted to ask, so as you deal with, like, the promoters and so on, and they're putting out, you know, the party flyers and putting together the, you know, the logos and the images and the brands for these various events and things of that nature, what, what steps do you, specific steps, um, do you encourage them to take? Like, how do they go through that process, particularly for those that may be coming from another country? Right. So, um, great question. One of the things that we have to look at is what sort of agreement, and we'll get into this later, I'm sure, what sort of legal agreement you have in place with this person. Because I work mostly in protecting the, the promoters and the companies, um, I look at what happens, for example, if the artist decides to not show up, to drop out. They can't get their visa applications in time and whatnot. So I look at those types of contingencies. Um, it, it just, For me, it just mostly starts with the agreement that you have in place and those four corners of the agreement, as Mike will tell you, will dictate the relationship that you have with that artist. So we spend a lot of time negotiating and locking down the terms of that agreement. 
for, for the services that the artist is going to provide. And can I just say one thing about the copyrights um, that, that Michael was speaking about? It's very important that people understand as well that the copyright applications actually take a long time, and it takes months. So, for example, I, had, um, I filed a copyright in January of this year, and I got a response um, like last month. So it takes yep. about six months <laughs> for it to process. And I think we, we try, I, I'm sure Michael does the same thing, we try to set our clients' expectations right because people seem to think that, okay, well, I've filed my application with the copyright office, I'm good. Not necessarily. It, it is a time. Uh, it's, a, it's a time that you have to wait, and um, I think people should be aware of that as well. So yes, you can do the multiple applications, and everything that Mike had said is absolutely correct, but I think they should be aware that there's probably going to be a six-month time gap before you hear anything back from the Copyright Office. Mm -hmm. for, wow. for, a, for a pretty significant fee relative to what the normal filing fee is, uh, you can expedite an application. Uh, but you need to have grounds for it. And generally, an having an infringement is grounds. Um, and you can't file that lawsuit until you have your, your, your registration. Yeah, it's a mm -hmm. prerequisite to suit. That's something we haven't mentioned either. You can't even file suit. And if you do, the infringer can actually get you sanctioned for filing your lawsuit too early. So if a track, new track drops and you're the author on that or you're – you know, your song is being being copied or sampled. Like Rishma said, you, you may have to wait six to eight months before you get your um, certificate. But for an additional fee, uh, you can expedite it um, if you have the grounds. So. Wow, 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 wow. Good information today as we are lawyering it up with Rishma Eckert and Michael Santucci today on Synergy, where music, business, and culture synchronize. Let's take a moment to hear from our sponsors. For the past 12 years, Axum Management Capabilities has helped individuals, businesses, and municipalities move from capability to actuality. Our team of experienced business developers will help you to start and grow your business. Let us help you create your business or strategic plan. We'll create with you a responsive marketing campaign that gets you results. How about a new look or a brand makeover? Need a grant written for your nonprofit? Or how about having a corporate event planned? We'll visit HQ or call us at 954-742-9166 to get moving from capability to actuality. Axon Management Capabilities, your full-scale business development firm. Let me tell you about the snakes, the fakes, the lies, the highs, and all of these industry shingdings. Will you see the pretty girls in the high animated world? Take it for a rapper with all the dough. If you take a sh, they want to know. And if you're gonna fall, they won't be around, y'all. So you still wanna do the show business? And you think that you got what it takes? I mean, you really gotta rap and be all that. And prepare yourself for the breaks. Check it out. 
Yo, I gotta speak on the cesspool. It's the rap industry and it ain't that cool. Only if you're on stage or if you're speaking to your people. Ain't no one you're equal, especially on the industry side. Don't let the games just glide right through your fingers. You gotta know the deal. So Lord Jamal, speak because we're giving you the business and putting on a show. You're a million dollar man that ain't got no dough, but you gotta hope. Tickets backstage to a show. Sedated, and at that fact, they lay it. Time passing, your ass say, Where's my loot? The reply is a kick in the ass from a leg in a boot. All you wanna do is taste the fruit, but in the back, they make a fruit juice. You ask for slack and wanna get cut loose from the label, not able, cause you sign at the table for a pretty cash advance. Now they got a song and dance that you didn't recoup. More soup with your meal, cause this is the real when you get a record deal. And I say, Oh, shucks. Look what the cat hauled in, it's Fife Dog from a drop called Quest, let me begin like Chuck D. I got so much trouble on my mind about these no-talent artists getting signed, they can't rhyme. And if that ain't bad, you got bootleggers going out like suckers. My f***ers, feel it's time that I let loose the lion. And if not that, then I'll commence the head flying. Seems in 91, everybody want a rhyme, and then you go and sell my tape for only $5.99. Please, look, I've worked too hard for this. No more will I take the booty end of the stick. Bogus brothers making albums when they know they can't hack it. Cause they lyrics display like eight ball jackets. Now tell me I can't tear it up. Go get yourself some toilet paper cause your lyrics is butt. Do you wanna be in the business? The business. can't walk straight line. In the Some business. of these brothers can't rhyme. In the the hey yo, I'm trying to get mine. The party scene is cool, but then again, it's all the same. You see the same faces, but at different places. When you're up and riding high, everything is pouncy pouncy. Get a million pounds and all the skins give you hugs. Well, that's cool, I can dig it. It really ain't my bad, prefer the max on the side. I let my pants sag. Oh, he's a cutie. Yeah, real cute, but I wasn't that cute when I didn't have no loot. Although I hit a pound of herbs, I'm still nice with the verbs. So what you heard, the born cypher cypher master Makes me think much faster But critics still continue to plaster My name and discredit my fame All that shit is game And I don't really give a damn Eat from the tree of life and throw away the verbal ham Well, excuse me, I gotta add my two cents in Don't be alarmed The rhyme was condensed in a matter of minutes So it must be told All that glitter's not gold Everybody wants a deal Help me make a demo See my name in bright lights Ride around in a limo My mom's keeps beefing Boy, get a job But I wanna make jams Damn, I know I'll slam Huh, well, it's not that easy You gotta get a label that's willing and able To market and promote And you better hope For what? That the product is dope Take it for diamond It's like mountain climbing When it comes to rhyming You gotta put your time in Get a good lawyer So problems won't pile You don't wanna make a pitch that's wild We're back it is Thursday evening, a little after 5 on WDJY 99.1 FM in Atlanta. This is Andrea John Baptiste, and you are tuned in, locked into Synergy, where music, business, and culture synchronize. Today, we have none other than our fantastic attorneys, business law attorneys and entertainment attorneys, lawyering it up with Rishma Eckert and Michael Santucci. Before we move on, Rishma, tell us how folks can get a hold of you. Yes, well, they can email me at 
rishma.eckert, and that's E-C-K-E-R-T, at C-E-S, lawfirm.com. Again, that's rishma.eckert, at C-E-S, lawfirm.com, or they can call our office at 954-241-4247. Again, that's 954-241-4247. And I give my email address first because that's probably the best way to get in contact with me. Wonderful. And, Mike, how do folks get a hold of you? I also prefer email. I can respond to a lot more people a lot more quickly than the phone. So mine is mis at 500law.com. That's 500law.com. M-I-S is the beginning. Or you could just go to our website, 500law.com, 500law.com. And all of our attorneys, you know, for the different specialties, their their information is there. Our phone number is 954-351-7474. That's 954-351-7474 if you want the human touch and voice. Oh, right. (laughs) Wonderful. Well, moving it right along. So, you know, we touched on right before our break a whole bunch of different things. I heard things like sampling. I heard collaborations. I heard royalties. I heard lawsuits. So I want to delve into a couple of those because I know that the up-and-coming artists or those that are already involved in the music industry are thinking, you know what, this is deep. Yeah, give me some more information. So, Mike, I'm going to start with you. Sampling, tell us. What is it, and what's the right way? Because it sounds like every time I, you know, listen to entertainment news, somebody is suing somebody because they sampled. And what's that all about? Sampling, and and really in the digital age, digital sampling is taking a small snippet of a song and putting that into a new song. And sometimes that little snippet may just be a two-second voice, or it might be one word, and sometimes it's, looped and repeated and repeated and uh it creates a new work it's um you know very prevalent in hip-hop and pop music and uh it can be a real cool technique for a for a music producer um the problem arises is the person or writer or company that owns the little snippet that you copied Uh, Some little snippets could constitute copyright infringement, depending on how they're used, and some could be completely free for anyone to use without any permission or royalty. The proper thing to do if you're, um, and generally, you know, record companies will have someone um, do a screening of songs for material that might be, um, belong to third parties. Um, diligent companies do that. Some don't. They're, uh, they're under a schedule and they have to pump out a song very quickly and they're always behind. Um, but you, you, you identify who the rights holders are, who's the, who owns the publishing rights, who are the writers, who's the record label, and you contact them and you make a request for authorization to use a sample. And sometimes there'll be a fee that comes with that permission. Um, and often it's, it, often it's reasonable. Um, but when it's done without permission, if that original artist uh, wants to raise a, a, a claim, uh, litigation can ensue. Um, I was involved in a case here in the Southern District of Florida with a very well-known producer, Timbaland. Uh, my client is the big, uh, was the biggest um, 
publishing company for Bollywood um, uh, hits and songs and soundtracks to um, you know Hindi films. And uh, Timbaland, if you know his music, he loves the Indian sounds and the Middle Eastern sounds. Um, mm-hmm. And we um, litigated over that for a long time. Um, but in the Southern District here, we have a pretty... Um, I don't want to use the word liberal, but a pretty easygoing uh, standard where um, you can get away with a lot of sampling here in South Florida. Um, And that might be one of the reasons why you see so many recording studios here in the Miami area, Pompano, Fort Lauderdale, uh, for pop and hip hop music. So uh, you can do a lot. Whereas in other jurisdictions, if you take one little snippet, even a millisecond of somebody else's song, you need permission and usually a license fee, but we don't have that standard here in South Florida. And it's still, uh, it's still an area of law that is growing and developing, and there are different standards in different parts of the country. So uh, it's a very exciting area. Law students always want to talk about that or work on those cases when they come to our firm. Wow. That's, and just that's add good to, to that. know. And just I didn't realize that. I didn't realize, um, Michael, that we had such um, – uh, differences in the areas that, you know, uh, make such an impact. So for those of you in Atlanta listening in and you're making beats and making tracks and, yep. um, <laughs> you know, in, in that area, hey, I'm not telling you to come to Florida, but you just heard that there are lots of studios here, and that's all I'm saying, and that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Rishma, I'm sorry, you wanted to weigh in on that as yeah, well. Yeah, I'm sorry, I should cutting you off. I was going to say to Mike's um, explanation, that's probably why I have people coming to me saying, well, you know, it's only seven seconds and that's allowable, right? Or it's only six seconds and that's allowable mm-hmm. for the sampling. And I'm <laughs> always wondering, where are these people getting this information from? Do they know about some court ruling that I don't know about? But it's probably yeah. because of that. And I always wonder why people may hear things and they think that that's the law and that's what you need to stick by, but yeah. that's not necessarily true. As a musician, yeah. As a musician, I wish there was a golden rule that said you could right. take two seconds, but not seven. Um, as a lawyer, I'm happy if not. It's a little more um, on a case by case basis, right. and it, right. it really does take um, you know legal advice if you really want to to be safe. You know, it depends on the the quality of what you copied, the quantity of what you copied. And uh, it's kind of a traditional copyright infringement analysis. And right. there, there, are no, there are no rules of thumb. Uh, I wish there were. It would make it easier when I produce my own music. So. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. The lawyer and the artist speaks. Okay, collaboration. So, Rishma, what happens in cases where artists collaborate? You know, um, what, what, what should they do to make sure that nobody's stepping on other people's toes and they're not back in court for, I guess, intellectual property infringement? Um, help us. Guide us. Talk to us. Yes, that's, that's a very great question. And I will, you'll hear a lot of my answers go back to having an agreement in place because my background is contract drafting. So for me, it's so much easier to just get things in writing so there's no um, disagreement afterwards or even if there is a disagreement, you have something that you've written and signed and that you're agreeing to to abide by. So for collaborations, what I would suggest is to have a collaboration agreement. So in the collaboration agreement, you can say what your part is in the song, how much you are going to get 
if it's a pro rata share, if you're going to, um, you know, do the 60-40 or whatever you decide beforehand, before that, that work becomes um, publicized and you're starting to generate income. So I would sit with all the parties involved and have a collaboration agreement so everyone understands what they're getting out of this work and how much they're making out of it. Mm, good stuff. Make it, make it clear. Go ahead, Mike. I was just saying I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Awesome. And so as you talk about pro rata shares and 60-40, that takes me into royalties. And mm-hmm. I'm throwing this question out to both of you, actually. How do they work? And, again, it, all, it seems like there's always a lawsuit about royalties. I didn't get my royalties. What's up with that? I'll, I'll just give the basics just to identify, you know, generally who's entitled to royalties or who's entitled to, you know, be at the table uh, to negotiate, and that would be writers, performers, producers, uh, record labels, and publishing companies. Uh, each one of those part, types of parties could conceivably be owed royalties uh, for a single song. Uh, so those are the types of people that, um, or and companies that often have to sue or litigate for royalties or enter into agreements where they're promised royalties. So. And again, we go back to the agreement writing. All of this is, is very um, proactive rather than reactive. So if you have a good lawyer like Michael and myself, we'll sit with you and write a royalty agreement. What is it that you're entitled to have once the song starts being um, income generated? Like when you start selling your CDs and, you know, when you start getting maybe booked for performances, like what is it that you're entitled to have? And that way it's just, um, you see all these lawsuits that you mentioned, Andrea, because people don't necessarily put it in writing first. Maybe they have an oral agreement, which is for the most part sometimes um, also enforceable in the court of law, but it's just so much easier to have it in writing first because then you can go to court with an actual document that you've agreed to the terms on. So for the royalties, like Michael mentioned, all we have so many players involved that it is to your best benefit to make sure that you have it in writing what you're supposed to get out of that song. Wow. Good information today. I was just going to say, record labels and publishing companies, a, a, a large part of the operation of their business involves accounting departments, um, calculating royalties and paying out royalties and creating royalty statements and cutting checks uh, to artists and writers um, and, co- and co-publishers and co-producers and that sort of thing. Um, so it's a big part of the business is accounting. If anybody out there is a student in the, in the accounting school at University of Florida or University of Miami, you know, there's a future for you in the music business if you have, have an interest. Uh-huh. It's a lot of accounting, uh, and the royalties are how artists, you know, put food on the table. So, and, and I would wow. also like to say, um, Andrea, and I'm pretty sure that Michael and myself would always encourage any artist that if your record label or your publisher or your songwriter has a royalty or a collaboration agreement that, you know, sometimes you'll have the artist say, well, they have an agreement already and they haven't assigned that. Always, always, always get a second opinion, get a counsel for yourself to review that agreement, making sure that it has the terms that you want as an artist. 
So even though a record label may already have an agreement because they have legal departments that put these types of things together, always try to protect yourself by getting an independent counsel for yourself to review the agreement to make sure that you're covered as well and that your interests are protected. Mm, looking, o- e- looking over your own shoulder. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say that that's excellent advice. And we follow that as a law firm. When we represent managers or management companies who, who manage artists, a lot of times artists, you know, they're scraping together everything they can just to drive over to the law office for the meeting. You know, right. a lot of artists are putting right. everything they have into their music and really don't have a lot of money. Um, so I, we tell our managers and our management companies, if your artist can't afford their own attorney to look over your agreement, have them pick whatever attorney they want and you pay for it. But make sure they have someone looking over their interest as well. And the reason right. we say that when we're representing a manager is that's actually been used to get out of an agreement that mm-hmm. uh, an artist may say, um, they put it in front of me, I had no choice. Uh, right. It was not negotiable, and I didn't even have counsel look this over. That's Great often point. used as, as grounds to break the contract. Now, if I'm representing a manager or management company, we don't want that contract broken. So. Great and point. It's wow. fair. It's, you it's don't just want fair if everybody has counsel. That, that's true. It's very fair. And um, you don't want your artist signing any sort of agreement under duress or misinformation or just out of desperation. You want a true yeah, collaboration. And mm, like Mike said, you want to make sure that all parties are equally represented, that it's fair, and that you can move forward with a clear mind and a clear heart, and you can have as much synergy together as with um, everyone involved. Wow, 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 wow. And she just said the magic word, synergy. Now, <laughs> this, we are lawyering it up today with Rishma Eckert and Michael Santucci, business lawyers, experts, musicians, artists, promoters. I mean, they sound like they, they do all of this. I know Mike is a musician, but it sounds like they have a lot of firsthand experience um, with their clients and heart people, fairness and heart. Um, so if you're looking for good attorneys, they're going to tell us how to get a hold of themselves in just a few minutes. But I have two questions that I really want to get in before we wind down our time. So I'm going to ask our guests to give us the two-second answer, if you can. Um, I know I know it's going to be hard because they're, they're kind of busy, <laughs> but I've got to touch on technology. Because, you know, as we talk to many artists and we talk to the promoters and we talk to the – everybody's talking about technology, good, bad, and indifferent, and the impact that it's had on the industry overall and, of course, music. So as it, you know, changes in terms of how artists and musicians make music and how we consume it, are there any emerging new legal issues that they should be aware of as a result of the burgeoning um, impact of technology? Michael, I think I'm the biggest. Throw that out. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Uh, just in, in my opinion, one of the biggest areas uh, are um, uh, sharing content on social media, video content, audio content, and photographs. Uh, we find that being a source of dispute all the time, and this was not something we had to deal with as attorneys ten years ago. Wow. Social media. All right, Rishma, weigh in on this one for us, really quickly. Right. So one of the other emerging areas that I think the the law and the legislation hasn't caught up with is the various, um, um, what do you call them, the 
where you can share the music online, not necessarily social media, but you have these different um, organizations. Streaming. The streaming the music yeah. online. Yeah. Um, the law hasn't caught up with that, but I'm pretty sure that as artists and attorneys get together and lobby for changes in the, the legislation, we'll be able to um, move maybe not as fast as how technology is moving, but we're definitely trying to catch up. So streaming music online has been very difficult too. For example, when you're trying to put in an agreement where you're supposed to be getting income and you're, you're divvying out the certain pro rata shares and percentages, it's hard to do that when you're just constantly streaming music online rather than the traditional radio play or buying CDs, which is what the legislation um, currently um, enforces. Wow. So we've got social media, we've got streaming, so artists, managers, publishing houses, if you're listening, take heed and be super diligent in, um, you know, engaging in those practices. All right. Now we are going to wind down, and Rishma, I'm going to ask you three things that you want folks to consider if they're contracting with other folks outside of the United States. Okay. Very, very, very great question, and this is definitely my my area in terms of international law, I would say the most, most important thing would be your choice of law in your agreement. Choice of law. Where is this? What is the law that's governing your contract? Is it U.S. law, Florida law? Is it going to be the laws of Jamaica or the laws of Belize or the laws of Barbados or Guyana? The reason that it's so important is because if there is a dispute you need to know where you're going to be able to um, enforce your rights. If you have a Jamaican artist that you're bringing and you sign a, a contract with, with the choice of law being Jamaica, then you would have to sue in Jamaica rather than in the U.S. And um, maybe I should speak for Belize rather than Jamaica, but in Belize, your cases don't necessarily get heard soon. You, um, you will have to wait a long time before your case gets heard in um, the civil court rather than in Florida, we're able to sort of move things along a little further. So it's very, very, very important that you choose the law that's most beneficial to you in terms of um, where you can enforce your rights. So that's one. The second thing is that you need to be very aware of what sort of conflict resolution that you choose in your contract. So do you want to litigate, like I mentioned before, that's usually expensive and it takes a long time? Would you rather do a, an, an arbitration, a mediation? And those are the types of things that Michael and myself would be able to explain to someone signing a contract, the benefits of doing that, um, having enhanced privacy, for example, rather than being in the courts and public record and all that. So the conflict resolution would be the second part. And the last thing that I would suggest is always seek the opinion of a local council in the countries that you're, you're going to be um, contracting with. So if you choose Belize or you choose Jamaica or Guyana or one of those other countries, if that's what you choose to use as your choice of law, always seek the advice of a local council there because the laws are not the same. They're comparable, especially if they're common law countries, some of the laws are comparable. But in things, for example, like punitive damages and some other damages that Michael had mentioned earlier, they might not be as... um, used or available as it is here in the U.S. So it's good to speak to local counsel to know what you can and can't do in those countries. Those would be my three points of advice. 
Wow. Rishma Eckert talking to us today as we're lawyering it up on synergy, music, business, and culture synchronized. We talked about the choice of law, conflict resolution, and seeking local counsel for those uh, considering contracting outside of the United States. Michael Santucci, tell Mm -hmm. us three things that every artist should consider before signing any and all kinds of contracts. Okay. Uh, Three things, short answers. Have other options before you sit down at the table to negotiate. Two, look at what your future is going to be under whatever contract you're considering signing. And, and three, have counsel. So other options, you know, if a manager is offering to represent you for a 15% cut of all your income, nice to have somebody that's willing to do more for you for 14%. So you can negotiate and play them off of each other. The future, look at the term of the contract they're asking you to sign. It may only say three years, but then somewhere buried in the fine print might say the manager or the company has four options to renew for three more years. So you may be tied into this person or this company for over a decade. And three, the obvious, have counsel look over your agreement. Wow, wow, wow. Wonderful feedback, wonderful resources, great synergy and connectedness today as we (laughs) talked with our fantastic attorneys. We were lawyering it up for the last 40, 45 minutes with Rishma Eckert and Michael Santucci today on WDJY 99.1 FM Atlanta with Synergy, where music, business, and culture synchronize. This is Andrea John-Baptiste, and I am getting ready to say goodbye for another week. But before we do that, I'm going to ask Rishma to tell us really quickly how we can get a hold of you. One more time. Okay. Thank you, Andrea, so much for having me. And, and Mike, it was a pleasure being able to speak with you as well. Um, you can get in contact with me uh, my email address is Rishma, that's R-I-S-H-M-A dot Eckert, E-C-K-E-R-T, at ceslawfirm.com, and the phone number is 954-241-4247. Awesome. And Mike, let's hear how we can get a hold of you. You can reach me or the other attorneys at Santucci Priori by going to our website. That's 500law.com, 500law.com. My personal email address is MIS. That's MIS at 500law.com. And our phone number is 954-351-7474. That's 954-351-7474. For anyone out of the country, hit us up on WhatsApp. Awesome. And so I'm going to say goodbye to everybody today. And remember, always live with synergy. Thank you, Rishma Eckert and Michael Santucci for your wonderful information education today as we lawyered it up. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Tune in. Until next time, it's Andrea John-Baptiste. Synergy is brought to you by Axum Management Capabilities www.axumhq.com. That's A-X-U-M-H-Q.com. That's our time. That's our chat. Now it's time to call it a wrap. 
Tune in next week at 5 for another episode of Synergy Live, where music, business, and culture synchronize. Until then, hit us up online at livewithsynergy.com. Synergy is a production of Black Iowa TV.